0: in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs today. Hello, and welcome to episode 75 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and this conversation that I'm getting ready to share with you was one of the ones that I have most enjoyed, was very inspirational and encouraging for me, and just plain fun. Um, But my conversation was with Jason Duderman, who is in the Diocese of Dallas. He's the Director of Youth, Young Adult, and Campus Ministries. Um, And he also is an OSV Innovation Talk speaker. And his talk was about the subtle deterioration of true professionalism. And if you haven't watched this talk yet, you need to go and check it out. But we just had a great conversation about all sorts of things, particularly of how it is that we can truly be ambassadors of Christ. So I look forward to talking to you on the flip side. Until then, enjoy the conversation.
1: Sometimes. All
0: right. Hello, this is Christina Simmons, your host with the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. And I am so glad that you joined me today because the conversation is going to be really on because I am with Jason Duterman, who is at the Diocese of Dallas. He's the Director of Youth, Young Adult, and Campus Ministry, but he also gave an OSV Innovation Talk, and your top title is phenomenal, but we we'll get into that in, in, in a couple of minutes, but Jason, go ahead. Uh, where are you in the sense of like right now, what are you up to, and uh, just introduce yourself a little bit. <laughs>
1: Well, howdy to you, Christina, and of course, all of your viewers. I'm in uh, sunny Dallas, Texas. It's actually very nice right now because it's not raining anymore. It, I'm, I'm not really sure. Sometimes we get these weird wet seasons, and I end up with like a foot of water in my backyard. And thankfully, it's now in the 90s and summer is beginning, and that's great. So uh, it is a good time to, to be here, but I'm standing in my office here at the, in the Diocese of Dallas Pastoral Center and just excited to be on this call with you this afternoon.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much for your time. It, it's just awesome to be here with you. I have to say, uh, I love all the different crucifixes and crosses behind you. There probably is a story there. Would you mind sharing a little bit? <laughs>
1: there is. Um, all of them have been given to me by one person or another over the years, but I'll, I'll really just highlight the big one behind me. Um, I take it with me everywhere I go. Every, every job that I've been in, it's gone it with me. The reason for that is When I I was giving a retreat at the first parish that I worked at here in the Diocese of Dallas, it's a a parish on the west side of the diocese in Irving, Texas. And it was the very first retreat that I was leading as the the newly minted director of youth and young adult ministry in the parish. And there was a really interesting tradition that the previous uh, director of youth ministry had sort of instituted. The the teens would be paired up in, in prayer partners over the course of a retreat. And then they'd have an opportunity to, you know, to write a note or to make a little gift or something like that, just using what was available to them at the site. Uh, And they would present that to their prayer partner at the end of the retreat. Well, as the leader, you know, of course, I made sure there were prayer partners for everyone. I didn't actually know that there had been a teen and the teens decided this themselves, who was praying for me the entirety Mm -hmm. of the weekend. And uh, and so we get to the close of the retreat. We're all circled up. Folks are given their, you know, their individual little gifts or notes to one another. And this young man walks up to me and I'm like, okay, what what are you doing? Uh, He comes up to me out from the group, you know, everyone's in a circle. And he says, Jason, hang on one second. He runs out behind the, you know, the building that we were in, grabs something, comes back inside, and it's this cross. Wow. And, uh, and he hands it to me and then all the teens came over and laid hands on me and prayed for me. Uh, and I've just, I've taken it with me everywhere since I think it's a, for me, it's a very humble, I mean, everything, including the crown of thorns up there that he fashioned, Mm -hmm. you know, from brambles in the woods. Right. Mm Uh, all of it to me is just, um, it's very, very significant that out of nothing, the Lord can do something. Um, and it's that reminder for me of just our God's great power in the simple things.
0: Wow. Well, talk about a commissioning um, of sending <laughs> you out. I mean, you know, you're describing that. I'm going, Paul and Barnabas, you know, here here they are. They're laying hands on them, sending them out. Um, and that, that really is a part of what your talk was about. Um, you know, the title, of course, is The Subtle Deterioration of True Professionalism. I mean, talk, a little bit of a mouthful, but um, I you know it caught my eye immediately when I was starting to watch you know, the innovation talks and I watched it and I was just like, yes, this is exactly what we need to um, to be attentive to but what was it that really got you fired up and you know, I mean because it's obvious that you're passionate and it's like why did you want to share this particular message? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, For me, that's a very, it's a very simple answer, but I think one that um, as ministry leaders, we have to be steeped in every day. The work that we do has eschatological gravity, like quite literally, it rings out through the whole of eternity, right? Um, And the decisions that we make, they may seem small or um you know mundane i think of a youth minister in a parish right Uh, oftentimes you're doing paperwork for a retreat or you're building an excel spreadsheet and you think to yourself this isn't what i signed up for but that's just one part of something much bigger a story that god is trying to tell and to craft and to use you for in your space and so for me you know uh, just again this is this is jason's heart but it's something that i try to share especially with the leaders that i serve now in my current capacity God has anointed us for this specific moment in time. He could have anyone, quite anyone. literally anyone of billions of people on the globe. And yet out of billions, he chose Jason Duterman to direct the Office of Youth, Young, Adult and Campus Ministries. And this time he chose Christina to do what you do in your parish and others in other parishes for this moment and this time in this space. And that's profound. Like that's something we need to wake up every day and not only say, God, thank you for I'm kind of blown away that you'd think of me to do that. Uh, but also, okay, God, I want to be the very best I can be to do this well, because you deserve it. And ultimately this is also, this is going to contribute to my sanctification. You're actually drawing me closer to your own sacred heart because of this work. So when we talk about eschatological, you know, consequences or gravity, that's as much for the people that we serve and the souls we seek to save, as it is for our own, because Jesus is working in us at the same time that he's working in them through us.
0: Amen. Um, I I talk with people a lot. Um, So in my Say Yes to Holiness Apostle, it's focused upon individual, but then it's always about the fact that the individual has to become their best selves, as you're talking about. Why? Because everything we've been given hasn't been given for us it's for the body of Christ, it's to be Amen. given away. And that's what love does. Love, love gives itself away. And the best way that we can do that, of course, is by bringing glory to God by being, you know, who it is that he created us to be and us embracing that. Um, I too, uh, get get off on little, uh, you know, we'll go down the rabbit hole and, and, and trip a little bit about the that, that whole idea of not only did God choose you to be who you are, what you are, and where you are, but you alluded to it, in this time and space, in this time of all eternity, this particular moment, and that that just kind of, it's like, wow, okay, but that's why our stories are so important, our stories are so important, and how many times do we just go, nah, I'm not really that important, and it's just like, no you were so important that god chose you from the from before time began to be at this particular moment and and, but you know so so often um we we negate that we we think god's not god uh and uh and he's like nah he must have gotten it wrong with me (laughs) um
1: go ahead and i'll tell you you know i think of um i i reflect a lot on on psalm 145 right which if you really break it down You're reflecting on God's power, his mercy, and then his generosity and goodness. Mm -hmm. And I think all of those, right, if we think about uh, forget being, you know, leaders in ministry right now, just for all of us as humans, God's abundant, abundant power and mercy and then goodness and generosity is constantly reflected in our lives and all around us. We'll just stop for two seconds and have eyes to see that, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you think about, once you do recognize that, the way that then you can reflect that back to everyone around you becomes, it's palpable, right? Like you can, you can literally touch it and feel it. It's it, The senses can be enveloped by it. I, I, I reflect a lot on um, one of the first books I read, especially when I came into diocesan leadership, was uh, The Soul of the Apostolate by Jean-Baptiste oh, God, Love that book. Yes. Love that book. Yeah. Right right at the beginning, what does he talk about? He talks about how we're not meant to be channels of God's goodness and mercy, but rather reservoirs overflowing, that Mm -hmm. it's meant just as much for us as it is for everybody else. And therefore, we allow ourselves to be filled up. We remain steeped in it, and then we give of that overflow. And it's in doing so that we reflect the powerful abundance of who God is in the world that we find ourselves in. Um, That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. It's not just meant to, you know, we don't just take it and and then just give it away immediately. It's got to fill us up, and then we share it, and that's how we all play off of one another in the body of Christ.
0: Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I, I love you. You made mention of the soul of the apostle because it absolutely transformed my own ministry, in the sense of how it was that. Um, you know, so I, I joke and I say, you know, the first time I was like in a paid ministry position, I, I I came at it with a human perspective of where it's like, I was still striving for excellence. I was still trying to do everything, but it was like my power, not, mm-hmm. not God's, And it was something of where, um, and then, then I, you know, encounter soul, the apostolate, and it just flipped everything. And, now people you know, will ask, they're like, Christina, how could you do that, 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 and it seems like to them that it's just like, there's no way that I could be, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not. Every morning, I show up, and I'm like, all right, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do today, you need to give me what I need in order to do it today, because I can't do it today. Amen. You can to do it, but only you, and that has made all the difference in the world. It's part of why, you know, I I talk four steps to holiness, just to kind of make it, make it simpler for people. And and the first one, of course, daily prayer and meditation. And that was something that you talked about in your talk about the fact that you've got to show up. Um, And, you know, uh, I loved your quote um, in uh, prayers is the lifeblood. Prayer is the lifeblood. Um, And, for you, what does that look like for you? You know, each morning that that you get up, what does that look like for you, so that you 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 have that reservoir being filled?
1: Foremost scripture. Uh, that's where I love this. I mean, uh, there's nothing better. Um, as humid as it is in Texas in the mornings, I still love waking up in the morning with a hot cup of coffee, uh, double shot americano to be specific, shot of espresso to be very clear. Uh, Americano, and, uh, and then God's word. I mean, that's what I want to be invested in. Um, sometimes that's through the liturgy, the hour. Sometimes that's just pulling open my Bible um, and then prayer with my wife on a regular basis. In fact, we're right in the middle of a novena to the sacred heart of Jesus and Thanksgiving for something big that's about to happen in our life. But, um, you know, that being rooted in prayer with whatever you're in, whether it's your primary vocation or it's your job if it's my job, you know, for example, the team that I work in, I work with uh, in the office of Eugene and Campus Ministries, we're a team of seven people. And one of our primary things that we do every week is the holy hour that we do together, praying mm-hmm. for all of the leaders in our diocese by name. We have to stay rooted in that because to be frankly, in the same way that prayer is the lifeblood of the work that we do, the people can smell inauthentic disciples like a shark smells blood in the water. And Mm -hmm. so I think just to be very aware of that, that, and again, that's connected intimately to the nature of being a professional, a professional, somebody who understands his or her trade. They're the most excellent, uh, most excellent practitioner of whatever field they're in. Well, Mm -hmm. to be a disciple, I think scripture is clear. That starts and stops with our relationship with the alpha and the omega. Mm -hmm. Um, That, that has to be core. Oh, yes.
0: So, so, so true. Um, And, another thing that that struck me um i talked to people about theology of the head heart hands and feet you know Amen. um and you know when in the the head of course you know your intellectual formation your heart of course your spiritual formation your hands of course is you know your, your apostolate and a lot of people will be like well what's the deal with the feet and i'm like you gotta go out into the desert you gotta walk out into the desert and be quiet and prayerful with him and you've got Amen. to get away from all the noise, all the distractions and everything else. And you have to just be with him. And I love the fact that one of the things you talked about was regularly taking the time for recollection. Amen. How is that, and that takes difference? time. Yeah,
1: it does. Yeah, it does. Well big. Be- it makes a difference on a couple of different levels right so a it allows you to recharge the spiritual batteries i mean i think we all know if you're doing ministry work if you're doing the work of the lord professionally speaking right you're you work at a parish you work at a diocese you work for an apostle whatever there actually has to be time where you take a step back and you're just silent you're just listening regardless of what god chooses to say or not say it's just that willingness to be present to him but what i find at least within my own life you know within my own mind and within my own heart God tends to, in those times, then reorder and dare I say rightly order what my priorities need to be. Because I'll be very honest, you know, if you look at, um, if we were talking Strength Finders 2.0, right, just like basic, you know, kind of business (laughs) stuff. My top five are futuristic, strategic, connectedness, activation, and ideation, I actually reverse the last two, ideation and activation. So I spent a lot of my time with my head up in the clouds and I kind of, I have a lot of new ideas and new things I want to do to build the mission and, the, and take the vision to new places. And I want to think, you know, five years or 10 years in advance on things. But sometimes that's not what God wants. Mm-hmm. And so for me to be able to take that step back and say, okay, Lord, I'm merely a steward, right? You're the author, you're the creator. I get to co-create because you invite me into that but I'm just a paintbrush that you might be using, you know, not to be cliche, but in actuality, that's really what we are. We're instruments, right? Um, I merely steward something. So what is it you want to do? And then I'll go out and pick whatever grapes you need me to pick, you know, we'll go from there. So that's really important. And I'll tell you from a professional level, um, it's got to be put into practice. You know, like if I talk about my own team, I actually budget every year. It's a part of my diocesan budget to where every member of my staff gets X amount of dollars to go on whatever personal retreat they want to go on, because I expect them, I want them to be prayed up. If you're not prayed up, you can't do the Lord's work. It's that simple.
0: Mm-hmm. He doesn't
1: need burned out people.
0: Amen. No, definitely. Um, I actually would would uh, say, I, I, I loved your description of professionalism in ministry is equal to ambassadorship seeking excellence. Yeah. And you know, break that out a little bit, because you did a, a really nice job in the talk about, you know, bringing it from St. Paul, and we're being ambassadors for Christ and everything, but how did that come about for you? How, how did that do, uh, how did you put that correlation together?
1: Well, a couple of things, right, like, so when we think about what does it mean to be an ambassador, quite literally, an ambassador is speaking in the voice of the person that they're an ambassador for, right? So in the case of 2 Corinthians 520, Paul's saying God is making his appeal through us. We have to, you know, I think I said in the talk, one of the things we have to remember is that, again, we're merely instruments. So our job is to be as finely tuned as possible so that as the Lord plays through us, it's truly his work. There's nothing about the instrument that's getting in the way of the music, um, I can say that as somebody I I I was uh I was classically trained in playing the alto saxophone uh, for a huge portion of my life. I don't play as much as I, I used to. I wish I did. But one of the things that anyone who's an instrumentalist knows is that if your instrument isn't well tuned, if you don't keep it in good shape, yep. it doesn't sound good when you blow air through it or when you pluck it or whatever it is yep. that you do, right? And so I think especially for for us as leaders, but really all of the baptized if you're going to share the good news of the gospel, you need to make sure that all of your all of your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed, right? You need to make sure you're doing all of the things necessary so that when the Lord works through you, you're a finely tuned instrument. That's really, really important. Um, I talked about those five steps. And again, if you look at the first four, right, of how to do that uh, and do that well, the first four are actually rooted in prayer. They're done. They're done very individually. It's not until you get to the last one that, again, especially for leaders, uh, when you're looking at the actual work that's being done, that that starts to come into play. The first four are so rooted in prayer. If we don't have an authentic relationship with Jesus, we cannot be ambassadors for him. It's just a falsity. It's a facade. And eventually it's found out.
0: Yeah, that, that old <laughs> adage of you can't give what you don't have. And so right. many people hear that and they think they can, I mean, I think all of us, in, a, in a, there's an aspect of our lives where we're, we're faking it a little bit um, because, you know, we haven't prioritized it. We haven't truly converted of heart to being able to be who it is that we're being called to be. But we can't fake our relationship with our Lord. Uh, it's just not something that we can do. And um, I like how you, you kind of finish your talk by ta- you know, saying everything about following Jesus is professional. Amen. Everything about following Jesus is professional. And I think this is important because I wanted to dive a little bit into the fact of we're talking about like professional ministry, you know, folk right now, people who get paid. But the fact is, is that I think this applies to anyone who steps foot into any type of ministry within the body of Christ. Wait, wait. Amen.
1: Well, if you look at right, so um, uh, my my go-to saint. I mean, I, I pray for his intercession all the time. In fact, I'm as we're having this conversation, I've got a three-foot statue of him standing on top of my bookshelf in my office. Saint Augustine. If we look at De Doctrina Christiana, right, on Christian doctrine, book four, Saint Augustine talks entirely about the Christian orator. And he actually admonishes anyone who would stand up and not be adequately prepared in what they're going to say in Mm. order to ensure that people are being fully drawn in. So he talks about the nature of, right, just at a human level. If you're going to talk about Jesus, you don't need to know how to persuade people. Well, you Mm. can't persuade anyone if, first of all, you're not living it authentically. And if you haven't prepared, you haven't studied, you haven't, as you talked about earlier, right, you haven't defined. What might need to be done in the intellect right so Mm -hmm. let's get the heart and the intellect to be connected so that way when we do go out and share we speak with our tongue right Mm -hmm. that it that it is truly profound um and i think that that's i think that that element is really important because again if you look at the etymology of the word professional it's Mm -hmm. all rooted in it's all rooted in a proclamation a profession to a religious community there's that spiritual element so I think for us as the bat, whether you're drawing a paycheck from, again, a, a parish or an apostate or a diocese, whatever, um, whether you're the, the person that the, that the pastor has said, hey, you're, you're sort of the go-to person, for all of us as the, as the baptized, right, we need to be ready to ardently defend, and, and not even, let's not even talk about defense, let's just say ardently invite, maybe, mm-hmm. people into the beauty of this call. I think that that's, that's necessary. But again, it takes, it takes practice and dedication day after day, after day, after day, after day.
0: Yeah. um, So diving a little bit deeper into, you know, what do you think has kind of led a little bit to the decline, particularly in our time and space of this understanding of ministry, um, apostolate as the highest call that we have, Um, where i mean everyone can say secular culture that kind of thing but where where do you think because you you dove into you know the etymology and so right did you see any kind of hints there of where that kind of started to shift
1: well i by the the you know kind of the 15th through the 17th centuries you just start to see as the as the world slowly but surely gets a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller and the more human elements come in um, again, I, I do think secularism does play a role, and however that's played out in each century over time. But I think that in the, as people become more dependent on themselves than they do on God, uh, that slowly starts to diminish. Now, the root of it, right, like you see the, the fingerprints of the spiritual element still on everything, right? Like, again, it is, it's about professing that you're going to be highly specialized in a thing, whatever that thing is. Um, but with ministry specifically, I think you know. sometimes I do wonder, especially today, again, when a minister, a ministry leader, a lay ecclesial minister or the ordained, I don't, whether you wear a Roman collar or you wear a habit or whatever it might be, are you waking up every single day believing that what you do truly is the most important thing? Amen. That your money, right? Like your compensation package may not look like the lawyer or the doctor, But again, Mm -hmm. I I said in the talk, right, medicine heals, law or lawyers uphold justice and the Mm -hmm. truth, and ministry does both. Again, it comes back to that reality. There are, there's an eschatological gravity that rings out through eternity. It's a very important thing. We're talking about the salvation of souls when we share the good news.
0: Uh, I mean, and that's something that if there was anything on my heart, um, it's that, understanding that you know if i could share with anyone for everybody who's listening if you can take one thing away you know from conversation it's the fact of everything matters there is nothing that doesn't matter in the grand economy of salvation every thought, every word, every action that you do, if you are striving to unite to God. Now, it's going to be imperfect, because we are imperfect, and so, but at least take imperfect action, you know, Amen. but it, it's just a fact of we all have a part to play, and if we were to do it the best we could, oh my goodness, the mountains that would be moving, because look at the faith, hope, and love that would be out there, um, but it, it's something of where everyone has this power and as you said to share your story to, to just share how has God worked in my life yeah
1: amen one well, if you if you if we turn to scripture for a moment right and yeah. the gospel according to John I think it's chapter 17 but I could be wrong so any scripture scholars listening to this they're gonna be like Jason you're totally wrong it was 16 or it was 15 uh, but anyway, any rate in the gospel according to John uh, when Jesus is talking about the coming of the advocate, he talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit, he actually starts to talk about, it. he says, you're going to, and speaking to the disciples, you will do even greater things than these, right? Re- referring to what he's done in his own public ministry, miracles and preaching and all of that. And when, when we actually look at the original text, when he says greater things, he's not actually necessarily talking about you're going to do something greater than raise someone from the dead right we obviously have seen that throughout scripture and it's beautiful we see it in the acts of the apostles uh when when uh paul raises the young man who falls off of the, the balcony and dies in the midst of paul preaching and he goes over and he uh he touches the boy and the boy comes back to life we see these powerful miracles we see them throughout the history of the church jesus isn't necessarily referring to those though when he says you're going to do greater things What he's actually talking about is based on the multiplicity of people who are going to be a part of his body and i think Mm -hmm. that's again where it gets exciting christina is that regardless of the role that you play when you've been baptized in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit when you receive the body and the blood soul and divinity of jesus christ when you are intimately connected to the vine Mm -hmm. the very same power that rose that allowed jesus christ To raise himself from the dead lives in you and I, Mm
0: -hmm. and that
1: becomes exceptional. And so I think, again, as professionals, regardless of the role that we play in the church, those who have made a profession to be ambassadors of our Lord Jesus Christ, allowing him to make his appeal to the masses through us, we have to recognize that we walk in that profound power. Mm -hmm. I get chills just thinking about it because our God wants to do extraordinary things. We just have to believe he's going to do them. That when he says, you have the power to say to that mountain, now jump into the sea, it will be done. That's the power we walk in.
0: Mm, Lord, increase. Sorry, I just got real preachy there for a second. No, no, that was Uh, awesome. Lord, increase my faith, Um, you know, because it is all about spiritual multiplication. It's about being so rooted in the power of our Lord through our prayer, through our receiving the graces of the sacrament, through our striving to, uh, to do our best and grow in virtue each day that then we can just abandon ourselves to his will. And then the wonders that he works, um, you know, through us. And he's obviously doing that through you and your ministry and all that you're doing. Um, and uh, I, I can't believe that our time is is already kind of coming to a close. So I wanted to allow you an opportunity kind of like, I, I kind of jumped the gun. But if, if you were to have something to share, you know, that you wanted people to hear what's on your heart right now for what is important? What is something that people need to hear that they can apply in their daily life and they can go out and, uh, and be living that?
1: Um, uh, something very simple, and it's, it's connected to this conversation, but I also think just sort of implicit to the spiritual life, which again is at the core of being a professional, right? Uh, that desire plus prayer always equals peace, regardless of the outcome, mm-hmm. the desire plus prayer equals peace. Um, One of my best friends is a Roman Catholic priest, and when he speaks of discernment, especially in vocation, uh, what he always talks about is the nature of handing over our desires authentically to the Lord, whatever that might be. So if it's in work, it could be our priorities or the goals that we have to achieve a thing. Uh, If it's in our personal lives, it could be uh, you know, again, the desires that we have for our family, maybe it's to have more money or maybe it's a new car. Or I, I don't know, but th- those things are okay. Like it's okay to say that to Jesus. He already knows it. Um, so whatever it is that's authentically on your heart, even if you, you kind of maybe want to get behind the fig leaf a little bit, maybe there's a little shame there. You don't think that it's good enough for God, that it always is to just say that to him and to offer it to him in prayer by always saying Jesus foremost, I trust in you completely. Mm -hmm. Your will be done. And that when we do that, regardless of the outcome, we may not achieve the goal. We may not ever get more money. We may not be able to take our family to this place or that place, whatever it might be, but that the Lord always lavishes peace. And that if peace is not found there, it's not of him. Our Mm -hmm. God is not one of anxiety. Our God is not one of stress. I'll tell you, Christina, that's something I've certainly learned during this pandemic. Mm
0: -hmm. Our Lord
1: is not our Lord is not in stress and anxiety. He's always in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to pray with that, that desire plus prayer equals peace. Regardless of the outcome, our Lord wants to lavish peace.
0: Uh, that's beautiful. Um, I, I definitely need to be taking that to, to some time and reflection for myself. So thank you uh, for those beautiful need- words. Um, and uh, it, it's been such a joy, uh, Jason, uh, to have conversation, to be able to, uh, to talk more about your, about your talk, your uh, innovation talk. Again, it's entitled The Subtle Deterioration of True Professionalism. Um, but I think from our conversation today, I think we could both agree that if, you know, if, if we are truly disciples of Christ, then we are, as you said in the end, you know, if we're following Jesus, it's all professional. So Amen. great, great way to, to strive to live out our lives of discipleship. And, you know, with that, thank you so much for joining us today during our conversation. May this inspire, encourage, and accompany you as you continue to do whatever it takes to be able to tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to more conversation with all of you again soon. God bless. So what might be some resolutions that you could take from the conversation that Jason and I had? Well, one of the first is he emphasized how important it is, and I couldn't agree more, to be rooted in prayer, in scripture, to be praying and meditating over the word of God. And this could be something as simple as the readings of the day, the gospel of the day, but. For you to be rooted in the Word of God. And this is how we become transformed. So make a resolution to spend at least five minutes with God's word each and every day. Another is to pray for people by name. He made mention about the fact that he's entrusted with leadership of of others um, in the diocese, and he would pray for those leaders by name. But for each and every one of us, whoever it is that God's entrusted to us, for us to pray for them by name, and then another uh, resolution could be, he made mention of one of my favorite books, The Soul of the Apostolate. So I would suggest that you go and you pick that up and use it as your spiritual reading. So those are some uh, suggestions that you could you know take from the conversation Jason and I had today so that we can be truly embracing the reality that the work we do has eschatological Gravity. I want to just take a brief moment to invite you to a new initiative that I'm going to be involved with uh, throughout the month of June, and it's the OSV Innovation Talk Sunday podcast series. OSV is the Our Sunday Visitor Innovation Talks. They have an entire series similar to TED Talks in which they have uh, different people who have shared innovative ideas about how it is that we can be living out our faith and also how we can be bringing it to life within our parish communities, our families, and our neighborhoods. So I have the opportunity to interview and to have conversation with some of these uh, speakers each week. I'm going to be publishing on Sundays in June. I'm going to be publishing these podcasts, but then I'm going to be hosting a conversation to go deeper into those podcast conversations and the ideas that are presented. So make sure to go and join my email list at SayYesToHoliness.com to to be able to make sure that you get notified of the OSV Innovation Talk Sunday podcast series, or go ahead and join SmartCatholics.com and join the Say Yes to Holiness group because there you'll be able to get access to the Zoom link to be able to jump in to those conversations and then also we'll be hosting it on clubhouse so make sure to go and register for my weekly newsletter so that you can get the information to be able to sign up and participate in these conversations throughout the month of june thanks again for spending time with me today if you have any suggestions for upcoming podcast Please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes, or message me through the Say Yes to Holiness Facebook page at Say Yes to Holiness, through my website at www.sayyestoholiness.com, or send an email directly to me at Christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we have begun here. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we continue to tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation again with you soon.